What's up, fight fans? Welcome to the uh, SB Nation MMA post-fight show for UFC 236, brought to you by Bloody Elbow and MMAmania.com. I'm your host as always, and with me as Flying Brian J, and with me as usual are the guys from the six-round post-fight show, the Eddie Mercado and the Zane Simon. Sorry, I I didn't mean to go live just there, the the little (laughs) device I'm using being a, a real goof. Eddie and I were talking about the fights like during the fight, so bringing you in now, Zane, because you weren't with us during the main card portion. What did you think about the finish where Dustin Poirier snagged up gold in his fight against Max Blessed Holloway and Adesanya had a back and forth incredible fight against Kelvin Gastelum? I mean, what is there to say? I'm practically speechless. It was an amazing, amazing night. I was exhausted after that Adesanya Gastelum fight. Just sitting there the whole time i'm trying to do like play-by-play on twitter calling this thing and it's just like gasoline lands a left hook out of sonya lands a short one-two combo gasoline you know comes back with another one and like it just over every fucking second and then after this just beautiful amazing killer fight that boggles the mind and you know defies imagination you drop me straight fucking into Dustin Poirier Max Holloway who just pick up from like the exact you know pick up the beat exactly and go to war it was just you know shit doesn't matter what else was on this card like we should never talk about any other fight on this whole card other than these two fights ever we don't even need to talk about anything that's happened in the UFC this year it can just be these two fights yeah, at the, at a little, little the, bit of a stretch, but yeah, they were that fucking good. They, they were, were that fucking good. At the beginning were, of these post-fight shows a lot lately, the last like five times we've been talking about how the card wasn't that great, but then the main event made up for it, and this fight card was pretty decent, and then the main event and co-main event were both fight-of-the-year-worthy candidates. I'd say both Poirier versus Holloway and Adesanya versus Gaslam were better than the previous fight of the year up until this point, which was Luke Kay versus Brian Barberina. Yeah, you- un- un- unquestionably. I mean, even if it weren't, even if it were just like oh, an equally great, tough, amazing fight. Like even if Luke Barberina on paper is like oh no, they just they really you know had all the same pieces. The stakes of this are just so much higher. You can't you can't compare them even. The stakes are higher in the caliber of the quality, the, yeah. the level of technique, and and just this no, is nothing. Brian Barbarina can do is anything like anything Dustin Poirier, Max Holloway, Israel Adesanya, or Kelvin Gastelum can do. Like it sucks for him, but <laughs> this is the highest. This was the highest level of MMA with fighters fighting their very best fights. You know, there's nothing like. Galvin Gaslam had the performance of his fucking career in a fight where he probably should have been called TKO'd, knocked out. Like, that, I've never seen Gaslam look anything like that before. He looked dangerous tonight. Like, this he is looked, the first time where I was like, he looked ferocious. Yes. He looked ferocious. Ferocious. And he just, he, he had a right hook. Like, suddenly, he had a lead hook that was scary, that was catching Adesanya and forcing Adesanya into his left hand all night. You know? Like, for Gastelum, his core weapon has always been that left hand. For him to be able to force Adesanya into the left hand 
off of his right hand and make that right hand dangerous enough that all of a sudden he had to respect it. He he put himself in every single round of that fight up until the last one. And he landed that fucking head kick. Yeah. Like, yes. what? Jesus. Like, Adesanya looked like he was out on his feet. It looked like one of those points where, like, it hit him, and you think, like, oh, did that even hurt him? And then you realize, like, Adesanya can't move. Like, he, his, his whole body is frozen. And he had to, he had to reboot. Like, turned him <laughs> off and on again. <laughs> I was seeing a scenario in my mind where I would have to explain to somebody that I've watched, I've gone through that fight in my mind, Gaslam versus Adesanya, a thousand times, and not a single one of them did I foresee Gaslam knocking out Adesanya with a left high kick. That just not something that I thought was going to happen. No, no. I mean, obviously, this fight, this fight was best case scenario. Yeah. Absolutely. Where has this Gaslam been? I, I think it must have taken these kind of stakes to call it out of him. Like, it could be just a situation where, like, he's always been happy to go with what he's got and to kind of coast on his athletic ability and his obvious toughness and his power. And, and his balls. And his <laughs> balls. He's got his cup tonight. That he's got a gigantic cup. Yes. That he revealed to us on his run to the octagon. When he got to the prep point, he decided to just completely de-short himself a la... Derek Lewis, because his balls was hot or something. That yeah, is a contender for what the fuck of the card. Um, we, t- you, I think Zane, you mentioned that these guys looked at their best in these contests. But when Eddie and I were talking when they were going live, you, Eddie, you mentioned, would this fight look the same if it were happening at 145 pounds? And I think you might have been alluding to maybe Max Holloway wasn't looking his best in this bout. Or not that he wasn't looking his best, just that poor – the size discrepancy was so evident that every time – every single punch Poirier landed was visibly shaking Holloway. And like Holloway would strike and you might get like a little nod out of Poirier, but nothing significant. Like over the course of five rounds, nicks and bruises started to accrue, but like Poirier was never really – outside of like the first round, like the opening sequence where Poirier was – Drop, like briefly dropped like he was he was never really rocked or hurt he was just really tired there in the fourth yeah but like never really like injured or, or the damage just wasn't there and, and it has to be a weight class thing yeah i mean i don't it's one of those times where it's one of those fights and one of those moments where you get exactly what a weight class is supposed to mean and supposed to look like mm-hmm. because honestly i feel like the technical reads on this fight were perfect for hallway to win it like he had extended stretches where it just seemed like he was getting into getting to Poirier, mixing it up to the body, like really just being able to put the screws to him. And you felt like, oh, Holloway's got this. He can really turn this fight. And then Poirier would just crack him with one shot and it would just shatter Holloway's confidence in his ability to pressure. And Poirier would start coming forward and every shot looked like it hurt. And it, it's the kind of thing where it's just... It's a, it's a level of power and size and drive that, like, you know, we didn't even get to see that out of Jose Aldo consistently, you know, against Holloway. Like, it's what a weight division difference is supposed to look like. So I think, you know, I think that had a lot to do with it. But it still, to me, it felt like I was watching Holloway fight his best fight that he was supposed to, like, putting together a classic performance for him 
it's just there was an X factor in there that he could not work around. Yeah, and it, it was the size. Yeah, the size and the, the power. I was kind of surprised that Poirier outlanded and outthrew Max Holloway, but it was it was a result of that power that he was yeah. throwing Max Holloway's way. And honestly, the result of this fight was was best case scenario for the featherweight and lightweight divisions because if Max Holloway would have won the lightweight interim lightweight belt then that sets up a fight with potentially Nurmagomedov uh, or whatever the hell they're going to do with light interim belts nowadays so now Max Holloway can go back to 145 we've got Poirier set up for Nurmagomedov fight and it doesn't clog either division yeah it's definitely the best it's definitely the best thing for the winner of Jose Aldo versus Alex Volkanovski as long as Volkanovski wins. Right. It's actually probably the worst thing for Jose Aldo. That's the one person who really loses out. Is because if he beat Volkanovski and Holloway had won and beat Poirier, then Aldo could be like, oh, well, I'll fight for an interim title or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. But for Frankie Edgar, for Alex Volkanovski, this is the Max Holloway losing is absolutely their, their best dream. For yeah. Khabib, I'm sure he would have wanted Holloway to win. Yeah, but I mean, there's still Tony Ferguson looming. Let's not forget that he's still like a yeah. I, I'm I'm just kind of waiting for Ferguson to like. He, he's got to he's got to prove he's sane enough to fight. Almost well, for sure. You know, as weird as that is to say, he's got to prove I, he's sane enough to be in a fist fight. I yeah. think about it though. It's that like weird. you got to be. You're worried about the the sanity of of Tony Ferguson. Your champion suspended. <laughs> like, what's really going on at lightweight? You know what I mean? Like, what's really going on there? Connor, if we can say that he's oh. still at the tippity top of this division, is dealing with some extracurriculars himself. Who knows what his next move would have been anyway? Yeah, there's some weird shit going on at the top of this lightweight division. Zane, do you want to talk about uh, what the fuck of the card beyond just how insanely entertaining these last two fights were? Not really. Like, that's the thing, is that these two fights were so good that I could be like, you know, what the fuck happened to Eric Anders out there? He just got, like, totally styled on by Khalil Roundtree. Tiger Muay Thai in the building, what's up? Yeah, no fucking kidding. Or, you know, what I, Or what the fuck, like, it was amazing <laughs> to see a ref take a point from Zalim and Madaev right out of the gate for a fence grab. That was beautiful. But honestly, I'm just too... I'm too wrapped up in these main, the, the main and co-main event. Like, I can't I can't think of... I can't give any importance or focus on anything else. That, that's definitely fair. It, Nikita Krilov getting that submission rear naked choke over Ovin St. Preux. That was kind of shocking, but not really worthy of anything beyond talking about it as being something more important or more entertaining or more what-the-fuck than the last two fights of the evening. Eddie, do you got a what the fuck or a shining star beyond the last two fights? I mean, outside of Morgan referee or refereeman, outside <laughs> of that, I mean, <laughs> how you can't like these the main event and co-main event were supernovas. Like you can't, yeah, they're, they're going to be the, the the brightest things out right now. Like the hot fire, like Adesanya and Gastelum. Like, I'm still chubbing up over it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it was a better fight to me than Holloway and Poirier. The size discrepancy oh, yeah. kind of made that fight a little less fun for me just because it's like, uh, 
and like if it if it were legit pound for pound, I don't think it would have looked like that. I just don't. And whereas Adesanya and Gastelum, like that was like legit guys. That's their natural or. You can argue Gaslam's natural weight class, but for all intents and purposes, his natural weight class is 185. Like the dude's well, they clearly in that fight too. They clearly traded each round. It was like Holloway, you know, Gaslam comes out, wins a, a, a big first round, then then Adesanya comes back and drops him in the second, then Gaslam rallies in the third, then Adesanya, you know, comes out in the fourth and fifth to like to win that fight, and you just. Like every round was so meaningful that and so like distinct that it's impossible for me to to think of like to Poirier out Holloway was a cool fight and it was competitive, but Adesanya Gaston was an amazing fight. Yeah. It's it's I think it's fight of the year, honestly. Yeah. Thus, uh, definitely thus far. For sure so far. And Something that adds to that is Kelvin Gaslam has had success, a lot of success at middleweight. So has Israel Adesanya. And Max Holloway, although a fantastic fighter, was that his first fight at lightweight in the UFC? So that, yeah. If he had had success at lightweight before that bout instead of just being brought in as the 145-pound champion for a lightweight belt, it would have been a little bit different. But the way it was, obviously the middleweight fight, Adesanya versus Gaslam, was... was uh, God, not head and shoulders more entertaining than the main event, but it was fucking amazing. Eddie and I talked about in the other show that we were doing that. Who's that? Uh, that's Zane talking to Mrs. Zane Simon, I believe. Okay. As his internet goes wonky, we may have lost him. Oh, that's okay. So, Eddie, you, you and I were talking on our other show that we were doing that. Perhaps we could give out two fight of the night bonuses instead of one fight of the night and then two performance bonuses. Do you mm. think that's like a, a reality we could see here? I'm, I'm gonna check the Twitter machine in a minute, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. But every everybody in the main event and co-main event deserve ten performance bonuses apiece. Yeah, like, I mean, that's how awesome these performances were from everybody. Fight, fighters in fights of this quality, like. They should be getting paid boxing main event money. You know, they should be getting paid in the tens of millions of dollars, not yeah. in the five hundred thousands of dollars. No, real shit, man. It's it's really a crime that they're not getting yeah. paid because what we just witnessed tonight is it's special, it's spectacular, it's like there's there's nothing more exciting in the sporting realm that exists than what we just saw. Like, doesn't exist. Like, yeah. you could be like, okay, a one-punch knockout, okay, sure, yes. But, like, these wars is, like, the epitome of sport. This is, like, sport is basically war watered the fuck down. Mm -hmm. And, like, this is, like, as close as you can get to, like, war and it still be a sport. And it was fucking sweet. Like, for one's fights for the ages, and they were back-to-back. Gastelum's, like, Gastelum's in the hospital the moment after that Adesanya fight ended. Dude better not be getting, like, 150000 bucks for that fight, you know? No, like, they should have stock options and... Yeah. I, I hope he's getting at least, you know, I, I hope somewhere, somehow, he gets kicked a couple million dollars for that. <laughs> I don't think it'll happen, but it should, you know? Yeah, like, if 
what is more deserving of that kind of money? Yeah, nothing in the sport. Is it the UFC can pay? Nothing. Like, you know? It's tough, man. It's tough. It, it kind of let's not talk about that. That's going to put it down. Yeah, that's on. a let's celebrate the 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 courage and the grit and determination that was on display by everybody in the co-main and, and, and main event was just on fire. They all looked great. They all showed tough toughness. They dug deep. Like they're all have that championship caliber heart. You know, Hollow is already a champion. Adesanya now champion, Poirier now champion. Poirier, after being in the the UFC for so damn long and like paying his dues, having been knocked out embarrassingly, like Connor posterized that dude. Michael Johnson slept him badly, but like he just he stuck to the game plan and, and committed to the sport, and you know he paid his dues and it paid off for him. And I, I fucking love that. I was telling Brian earlier this week, I was like, man. Like my head is picking Holloway, but my heart really wants to see Poirier get this W. Like he's he's like Holloway's he's been there, he's done that, he's won a belt. I'm happy yeah. for him. I wanted to see Poirier get it, you know. Poirier's the one doing all the charity work every fight. He's got a new charity. He's donating all his gear to. He's been here forever, just digging in the trenches as an action fighter that people, you know, no, people were always excited to watch, but they weren't sold. Like he wasn't. Nobody was sold on, oh, Poirier is going to be the champion. He's going to be the next big thing for the UFC or anything like that. He was a cool action fighter who's just improved immeasurably fight after fight, year after year. And now he's clearly a championship caliber fighter. Yeah. So the UFC, they tweeted out that uh, 359 significant strikes were landed in in the main event. Second largest tally in UFC history, only behind Max Holloway and Ortega's 400. Yeah. That's nuts. Max Holloway's a a volume punching and also eating son of a gun. How did Max Holloway not hit the deck? Oh, fuck. I have no idea. That guy. We talked about, like, one of he had two things on his side coming into the fight. He had the volume punching and he had the better durability. And we thought that going up to 155 pounds would leave more water in his brain so he could absorb more punishment. <laughs> and I I didn't think we'd actually get to see it taken to the limit, like to the absolute maximum that he could possibly take. He ate it and kept moving. <laughs> his beard is legendary, man. It's up there. Yeah. It's, it's right there with Roy Nelson and BJ Penn. Like, this dude's just tough. Yeah, no. I feel bad for Max, man. Like my heart goes out to him. Like he got fucked up tonight. Yeah, he did. People like, oh, it was close. It's like he got his fucking ass. He got his brain scrambled. Like he had his moments, but like he got his fucking brain scrambled, and that was tough to watch. But he was such a good sport about it. He even did an interview with Rogan and like was just laughing it off, saying, "Hey, next I'll fight DC if he wants it. Fuck it." Like I love Max Holloway, man. He's the best. We don't deserve. I mean, that's the thing. Is like, I don't. I don't even feel like I deserve a fight like that. You know? Yeah. No, I mean, we <sighs> definitely do. After sitting through those prelims, we definitely, <laughs> we definitely deserve this payoff. After that Dwight Grant Allen Joe Band fight. Oh man. That was tough. Yeah, that one was not very good. A lot of this year has not been this enjoyable there's been very few fight cards where the three of us have have got together after it was over and been gushing over any fight this much i mean i it's never happened but 
we deserve it after sitting through a lot of the prelims that we've sat through so far this year. I mean, I think it was four or five post-fight shows in a row. We're like, well, everything except for the main event was fucking terrible. And this kind of makes up for that. That's that's kind of how the UFC's booking these fights. I mean, if you saw the they're booking these cards, if you saw the UFC 236 lineup, it's like you got Aldo versus Volkanovski on there, or 237 lineup, I mean, and then Nami Yunus Andraj is like the only really feature fight otherwise on the whole card. Like that, you know, the title fight is the feature. Aldo Volkanovski is cool. Silva Cannoneer? Uh, I don't know. How not, about BJ fight. You're not sold on BJ Penn Clay Guida? Oh, God. It doesn't tickle your fancy? No. Yeah, and that's um, that's a like a featured prelim. I know. Very it's, nice. Uh, just, just Khabib Nurmagomedov just tweeted out that uh, he thought the fight was a draw. <laughs> he doesn't agree with the judges forty nine forty six. Yeah, well, but he did say he would see Dustin in September. Eagle versus yeah. Diamond. So you at least I, have a verbal agreement or a, a textual agreement from Khabib. Well, so from, yeah, from Ali Abdelaziz. Ferguson doesn't really have any leverage at this point. He can't force anybody's hand. Oh, Ferguson's never had leverage. Like, no. only in his own mind did he ever have leverage. And, and we know, <laughs> now, we, given what we know about Ferguson's mind. He's so good, Arizane. Don't do that. <laughs> You're better than that. Yeah. Uh, well, you guys got to get to the sixth round. I'll let you do yeah. a sign off if you want, Zane. Sorry for keeping you too long. I know it's, we're like, 13 minutes past time. I don't know, it's all right after a card like this. I can't stop talking about it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be up until tomorrow. Yeah. day after. All right. You can find me on Twitter at these Time. You can find Eddie on Twitter at the Eddie Mercado. You can find both of us over on Sixth Round, dropping tomorrow on Bloody Oak Presents. Our, all our podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, Blueberry, every, you know, Google Podcasts, everywhere you can find podcasts. We're trying to get there. So subscribe. Check us out. Check the show out tomorrow. We'll be dropping the, the sixth round. And uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks, Brian. Talk to you soon. Thanks for being here, Zane. Eddie, you got that, that extra special thing we do at the end there? The extra special thing. Um, <laughs> I was going to comment on your shirt. Um, it reminds me of Pugsley Adams, the type of uh, shirt that he usually rocks. I don't know if you're familiar with Pugsley from the Adams family. Oh, um, no. Yeah, and- I, I recognize that shirt. I, more of um, like, where's Waldo but blue is what I'm going for. I like Pugsley Adams better. I think that's the better. All right, we'll go with Pugsley Adams. Hey, man, it, I had a great shirt. Bishop Precast. Go check them out. I'm going to throw their throw them up here again. Bishop Precast. Get your, uh, your prefab concrete, all your molds. You want a fountain in your front yard, hit them up. BishopPreCast at gmail.com. It's a... It's one of my best friends uh, since the school days. Hit him up. But, yeah, this was a blast, man. I love doing shows with you. Always fun. Yeah, thanks a lot for helping me out during the the live play-by-play, and thanks for being here, being a cool guy during the post-fight show. I really appreciate it, man. Until next time. Namaste, Eddie. Okay, for the fight fans that are left here watching this video stream, 
I, Flying Brian J, will be recapping the rest of this card by myself, but with you, the live commenters, as my co-host. Of course, the main event of the evening, Dustin the Diamond Poirier defeating Max Blessed Holloway via unanimous decision, was fucking epic. Israel Adesanya defeating Kelvin on a mission for Gold Gastelum, where he, he failed that mission tonight, uh, via unanimous decision to claim the interim middleweight title was even more epic than the main event of the evening. There was actually a lot of things on this card that are are worth remembering and, and kind of worth talking about. I mean, we could spend a lot of time on the main event and co-main event. Where my mind goes um, in these interim title fights is where does the guy that won match up against the guy with the real fucking belt? Does Dustin Poirier beat Habib Nurmagomedov? I don't think so. Uh, what do you guys think? Does Israel Adesanya beat Robert Whitaker? I think that he's going to be an underdog to Robert Whitaker, depending on if Robert Whitaker can keep himself uh, healthy enough to fight there. Josh Sanchez says Poirier gets smoked by Habib. Yeah, I. But but he says Izzy beats Whitaker. Yeah, of those two interim fights, I think that Poirier, or, or excuse me, I think that Adesanya has a better chance to beat the champion, the real champion, than than Poirier. But I don't know. I don't like interim belts. I think those two fights, the the main event and co-main event, were standalone on their own without belts on the line, were fucking incredible shows displays of combat sports violence fisticuffs beautiful simulated war those were they were so delightful to watch um joe Ray, rogan says that joe rogan in the comment section it's not really joe rogan but he says that uh, yoel romero would kill izzy i think that yoel romero would definitely be israel adesanya um if they wanted to make Kelvin Gastelum versus Yoel Romero, I'd be fine with that. I, I love Yoel Romero. I think that he needs to go to light heavyweight, though. Um, what's next for Kelvin Gastelum? I think uh, like six months of recovery before we can even talk about something. Same thing for Max Holloway. Uh, luckily for him, the, the potential number one contender, Alexander Volkanovsky, has a bout at UFC 227 against Jose Aldo, where he's probably going to need some time to recover from that so that it can give Max Holloway some time to recover before going back down to 145 pounds and um, you know defending that featherweight belt. He was unsuccessful at, coming, at becoming the fourth champ champ in the history of the UFC. It would have been cool to call him a champ and a half because he's the real champion and then an interim champion, but we didn't get that. Rob Amon is here with the uh, people on the chopping block, and he says he's going to cut Eric Anders. Eric Anders is on a three-fight losing streak. His only win in the last couple of years is over Tim Williams in a fight that he, you know, it was tied going into the third and final round. I don't know. I, th I think they give Eric Anders another shot, but he's going to need to go back down to middleweight, I think. Um, his his game is... Eric Anders, he lost to Khalil Roundtree. Roundtree dropped him four times in the second round. Roundtree was just... He was chewing him up with low kicks. He had that Muay Thai stance, the front leg kind of bouncing. Inside, outside low kicks, just chopping away at Eric Anders. Um, hooks, straights... Everything that he threw at Eric Anders' face landed, and it landed with a lot of ferocity, with a lot of velocity, and it sent him to the canvas a few times. 
uh, Eric Anders had no answer for Khalil Roundtree. His game, is, he doesn't have a lot to throw back at his opponents, you know? I don't know what's next for him, but I don't think that we cut him. Um, what do we got here? Rob says that his main reason for sacking Andrews is his poor fight IQ and he needs to go to the regional circuit first. Josh Sanchez says, let's cut Boston Salmon. Yes, fuck it. Cut Boston Salmon. I I don't know. Brian Jeffries is my name. I go by Flying Brian J because I didn't really want people on the internet to know my full name, but there you go. Uh, Brian's a really boring name. Boston Salmon's not a boring name, but it's still a weird name. It's not... Uh, it's not pleasing to hear Boston Salmon. But he went out there and he got fucking smoked by Khalid Taha. Uh, there was some hype behind Boston Salmon because he had boxed against Earl Spence Jr. And he's a boxer. Well, he got fucking crushed with, um, I think it was a left hook behind a, a right that dropped him. And then he was finished with some ground and pound. Sure, let's cut Boston Salmon. Stefan Deschazo says he got caught early. It happens. He looked great in the Contender Series. Uh, um, I don't know. Do you do you care about his next fight? I don't. And in that case, I usually say cut him. Uh, welterweight fight between Dwight Grant and Alan Joban happened before Khalil Roundtree versus uh, Eric Anders, and it was one of the low lights of the night. Let's move down. Nikita Krulov versus Ovin Saint Pru. So St. Prue probably is on the chopping block, isn't he? If we're talking about that. He lost to Nikita Krilov and Dominic Reyes. Back-to-back fights. He beat Tyson Pedro. So he's probably not getting cut, but... Man. He, uh... He's not doing well lately. Like, he got hurt bad by Tyson Pedro. was able to find that straight arm bar. But Nikita Krilov, uh, in 2014, lost by... Von Pruchoke, Von Fluchoke to over in St. Pru, and then he comes back and gets the rear naked choke over over in uh, tonight. That's some poetic justice, I think. Eddie Mercado, while we were doing the live play-by-play, said that we should book Nikita Krilov versus over in St. Pru just again, and they can run it back the third time for the, the rubber match. I think that we saw that Ovince is on the downhill slope. He's not that durable. Krilov hurt him on the feet. Uh, Ovince had some good offensive wrestling. He got the fight to the canvas. He got Nikita Krilov in the full mount. Couldn't do anything with it. Um, but he couldn't do... He could not stop the takedown of Krilov. Krilov picked him up, put him down, got that rear naked uh, in a real beautiful way. I think Ovince is, is close to the end of his career. Stefan DeShazo says, oh, OSP can get cut. Sure. Um... The last fight on the main card, Matt Steamroller Frivola defeated Jalen Turner with a lot of a lot of uh, takedowns. Jalen Turner couldn't couldn't fight from a distance. Even Turner would land a couple of good shots, and, and Frivola would just get in tight and get the fight to the canvas. And then Jalen Turner didn't have a lot of answers for him. He stood up a lot. Frivola landed a lot of takedowns, but I don't I don't know. Uh, Turner didn't seem to have a lot of ferocity in his demeanor. He didn't seem to have a sense of urgency to try to finish the fight, but anyway, Frivola got the decision 30-27 across the board. Josh 
Josh Sanchez says, Alexandre Pantoja is a stud. Viva la raza. That was the fight before that. Um, Wilson Hayes tried to get the fight to the ground. He did. He got the fight to the canvas. He had uh, Pantoja's legs tight together, kind of grapevine um, triangled. Pantoja scooted himself to the fence, got back to the feet, landed a right hand that sent uh, Wilson Hayes to the canvas and finished it with a little bit of ground and pound. And on the broadcast, they talked a lot about Wilson Hayes being older at these younger weight classes and uh, you know losing a step because speed is the number one thing at, at flyweight. I think that's probably true. Um, Pantoja's on the come up. Wilson Hayes is on the, the go down. But that was a, a, a definite highlight of the night for a, a knockout to happen in the flyweight division. It was pretty fucking wicked and, and really, really fucking cool. Um, I want to ask you guys, the live viewers, Stefan, Dean, Carlos, Josh, all of you, who would you give the post-fight bonuses to? Uh, you know, on this post-fight show, we give out $250,000 because it's imaginary money and we're not actually giving anybody any money at all. Who would you give your post-fight bonuses to? I'm going to start looking at the real ones, see what they were. Actually, I have them already. Boom. I would give my post-fight bonuses fight of the night to Adesanya and Gaslam, fight of the night to Poirier Holloway, and then performance bonus to Nikki Thrills, Nikita Krilov. Josh... Sanchez says I'd give 50000 to the main and co-main event fighters. Rob Amon agrees. So we're all in agreement on that. And that's what actually happened. The official post-fight bonuses posted by uh, MMA Fighting and also BloodyElbow.com. Post-fight bonuses went to Adesanya, Gastelum, Poirier, and Holloway because there were two fight of the night. I think... That that might be the first time in the history of the UFC where the post-fight bonuses were... It was just two fight of the nights. That's fucking awesome. And that tells you how great the end of this fight card was. It truly was a joy to watch. Uh, and, and there we go. If you haven't already, please give it a thumb up on the video. We need a lot of thumbs up. There's already a shitload of thumbs down, so we need a lot of thumbs up. So if, you, if you're watching live and you don't seem to hate the content that I'm trying to put out to you, please give it a thumbs up. Um, I've been talking for, I think, four and a half hours almost straight, so I'm going to get out of here. My post-fight rating for the card, though, is what I want to talk about before we leave. Oh, Ryan J, oh, Ryan J said a, a what the fuck of the card that I can't really mention. I agree. I agree. But I can't mention it. Uh on the stream my what the fuck of the card would go to uh, I don't know kind of oh Nathan Cohen <laughs> he's he Josh uh, I, I don't want to say anything negative about Henry Cejudo Henry Cejudo is really cringeworthy uh, I think that he has a weird way of talking. But the post-fight rating for me and Josh is both 10 out of 10. That was an amazing fight card, amazing way to end the night. I'm going to have a beer and watch the post-fight interviews if I can find them. 
Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Fly and Brian Jade, and we can talk about what we're seeing in these post-fight interviews, have a little bit more conversation about the event. Rob Amon says he gives a rating an 8 out of 10. Stefan DeShazo says Paulo Costa is good, but would have problems against Israel. Or Paulo Buracina. Yeah, I don't know. I think... Anyway, my what the fuck of the card. I don't know. There were no strange moments. Um, the what the fuck of the card. Okay. Was when Kelvin Gastelum was running to the octagon. He fucking sprinted. And, and the bodyguards were trying to keep up with him. And he's just running and running. And he got to the prep point And he took off his pants. And he took off his fight shorts too. All the way down to his compression shorts. And he had a gigantic cup on. What the fuck? Israel Adesanya was the goofiest, weirdest fucking entrance. <laughs> yeah, Josh Sanchez, the what the fuck of the card is Kelvin's burrito in his pants. Dude needs a normal size cup. <laughs> it's so weird. What the fuck? Kelvin Gastelum. Anyway, in summary, this event was fucking amazing. Kelvin Gastelum's uh, walkout was a what the fuck of the card. You guys are all the best. Please thumb up the video. Follow me on Twitter at J or subscribe to the podcast feed. Search for Flying Brian Show on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, pretty much everywhere you can find a podcast. You search for Flying Brian Show and you'll find my content. I appreciate you all for being here and I'll see you next week. Namaste.